0: Tradies and builders, power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. It's Justin Marshall and Ricardo Ball with the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run on SCNZ.
1: Playing advantage early too. There's the Crusaders through Leo Woolley. Now Drummond slings it wide, Moanga goes wide. Early
0: on, and in What a start! Brandon Enoson. Drummond
2: again. On the Slings it off
1: one. to Mora. Strange once again. Patient build-up here once more to Mighty Williams. Now here comes Will Jordan, and another try. This time to Leicester.
0: Goal. Just relentless, the Crusaders. Really nice pass from Tomaity Williams out the back, which created the time and space for players to punch in onto the ball, in particular, Will Jordan. Slow
1: ball again, and they will get a penalty advantage. First chance for the Blues tonight, and Barrett guides it through so they're on the board but it's taken 25 minutes to do so abili talitui away for leo willie
0: now drummond up
1: for christie good heavy defense this time scott Barrett building nicely once more drummond out of the yeah! mat
0: down and will jordan is under the posts such a lovely ball it really was
1: Still holding it up Cody Taylor, still going through the middle, now the plunge for the line is a try, yes, no, yes, Angus Gardner waited, he waited and eventually a try is scored. Oh,
0: Cody Taylor has patience.
1: Taylor with the line out throw. Good work, moved it away, Uh-oh! now here's a charge right up the centre, couldn't get the power. Oh. Newton! What a try!
0: Oh. Look at the emotion as well, they're all on their feet here, and why shouldn't they be? This man has set this competition alight this year, and he's done it this evening Thank with a bet. sensational try again. 13 tries and this would probably, arguably, have to be the best of them. Choke
1: works it off for Robinson. Now Christie swings it off for Perrapeta. Still playing under this penalty advantage. Now a crack at the line and finally the Blues score a try through Bowden Barrett. Cody Taylor then. Finding strange, at least finding Barrett, they didn't even contest the line-out.
3: Off the leg, get off the leg! Advantage to Lapsing, off the leg. So
1: now, here come the Crusaders' backs, Moanga, Moanga, beautiful pass! And the try scored by Fergus Burke, put it down to Richie
0: Moanga. Absolutely, and put it down to pass accuracy as well.
1: Fence coming up, flying up. Now it's been snapped up by Strange. Crusaders oh, have turned yeah, them over the again. Ground. So Richie Mohunga bangs it through. And up comes the 50. Off it goes for the offside. offside advantage here. Barrett tries to pass. Now Rock gets it away. Should be a try and it will be for Caleb Clark right at the death, but it really has been all the Crusaders here tonight in Christchurch in the first of the semi-finals, they have simply demolished the Blues, 52 points to 15.
4: Good afternoon, New Zealand. Dean Butler with you here up until 2 o'clock today on the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run. Give us a call 800 150 811 text We're talking all things rugby at 12.30. We've got Tony Johnson with his thoughts. Uh, 1 o'clock, uh, Issa Theba joins us as well. But as we do every Sunday here on the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run, it is the man himself. I can see him smiling from here. It's Justin Marshall. Marshy, how are you doing, pal?
0: Yeah, good afternoon to you, Dean, and good afternoon again to everybody joining us for the Bunnies Trade Rugby Run. Um, I'm doing really well. It was a very exciting weekend of semi-final rugby and Super Rugby Pacific. uh, And you'd have to say that, um, you know, it was two conversely different (laughs) (laughs) semi-finals, to to be perfectly honest. Like, one of them played out exactly how I didn't think it would, and the other one played (laughs) out exactly... The way that I didn't think it would. So what the hell do I know? Um, but yeah, it was really interesting weekend, wasn't
4: it? Oh, it sure was, Marshy. If you've got any questions for Justin, please oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven is the number to call. You can text double eight double three, Marshy. I'll start with the Crusaders Blues game. As a Blues fan, I had I actually had a bit of hope in this one. I thought you know after last year's final, this could be a good payback. You know, Crusaders never been beaten at home, so but this could be another chance. But Marshy. Just please try and explain what happened because of anything. That's two versus three. That was meant to be the close one.
0: Oh, absolutely it was. And and like you, you know, my expectations were that this was going to be a real ding-dong battle, mm. um, probably decided in the last sort of 10 minutes of the match, um, if not even into the 80th minute, you know, probably a blue side that you would have to say on paper uh, was stronger when you looked at the All Blacks across the park that they had. And, mm. um you know, the Crusaders with their injuries and the All Blacks they had missing, but yet it was in Crusader land, you know, Orange Series Stadium where history shows teams really struggle to win any finals football. So you have to be at your best. Uh, You have to be mentally in tune regardless of what side the Crusaders play out. And that's the reason I mentioned that is because the Blues weren't. They they just simply didn't match the intensity, the physicality, uh, they tactically got their execution wrong, and you know you just can't afford to be like that and, and knock out rugby against the Crusaders at this time of the year. You have to be on point, and they they didn't help themselves with some of their decision making. They didn't help themselves with their error rate, mm. but most importantly, when I sort of thought about it afterwards, Dean, and, and thought, right, where where exactly was this game won and lost? Mm. And For all the crusaders tries i think the crusaders won the game hands down defensively wow they 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 simply were a a real hard um nut to crack for the blues they attacked the breakdowns Uh, their body positions were really good they made their tackles they chopped real dangerous players to the ground Mm. uh they gave the likes of, uh, in particular, uh, Mark Talia and Bard- Bowden Barrett no real time mm. at all to do anything with ball in hand. Um, they really cramped their space, and for the, uh, they were tackling at 93%. <sighs> the Blues, conversely, couldn't match that physically, and equally, they made really poor defensive decisions lots of times in the game. The Crusaders threw decoy runners, mm. um, hooks at them, and they grabbed and bit at them every time. Uh, which created space on the outside where Jordan went through, Fergus Burke went through, flying Anuku went through the middle of them yeah. with a couple of good decoy runners. So defensively, they equally, the pictures that were being painted in front of them, every time they grabbed the wrong player and, and got massively exposed...
4: Yeah, it's, inter- it's interesting you say that just in defence as well, because you look at that score and you think, well, 52 points, it's all attack. But you're saying because they absorbed yeah. the, de- the defence was so good, it allowed them to create more space. And you mentioned uh, those names, Will Jordan, Lester Anuka, your man. Wow, he had an absolute barnstormer.
0: Oh, he did. He just continued to play the style of rugby that the Crusaders have allowed him to embrace, mm. which is to gravitate towards the ball quite a lot. Uh, uh, Quite a lot of his tries that you've seen this year haven't necessarily been on the wing, charging down the touchline. A lot of them have been uh, through the middle, Mm. where they've used them off line-out peels, and they've punched them through, you know, uh, back of the line-out defenders inside the 5'8". They've equally used him like they did at the weekend, where he's coming uh, from from the wing back on on a decoy run, Mm. uh, and and then being a support player. Um, but more importantly, you know, he's been in and around breakdowns and, he, and picking and going the ball, you know? Yeah. He's just getting himself in there and grabbing two to three defenders to try and pull him down, which has created space for others. So, yeah, the style of play that Scott Robertson's allowed him to adopt and to be freelance out there mm. has just seen him grow incredibly from the player he was last year and uh you know that 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 um ambition to play and that license to do what he wants across the field has re- he's really uh, made him uh, a threat everywhere and uh you know the other side of it um his defense as mm. well has been outstanding like he can't keep out of the game like you know <laughs> you try when they don't have the ball all of a sudden he's had the breakdown contesting it and getting a turnover yeah. as a winger so yeah, I, I think um, you know, just a standout performer again. But there was many,
4: yeah, many
0: for the Crusaders. Like that would be quite, quite convincingly for me, one of the best performances in a finals game that I've ever seen any Crusaders team produce. It, it was, it was clinical. It, it yeah. was ruthless. It was physical. It, it was high tempo. Wasn't a lot of errors and uh, every player stood up. Every single player stood up, including players that came off the bench.
4: You're so right. I mean, yeah, that was it. You look at the game, and it was dominant from pretty much the from when the whistle um, blew. If if you've got a question for Justin, folks, please give us a call, 0800-150-811, 0800-150-811, or you can text double eight double three. So, Marshy, conversely, on the flip side of that, Leon McDonald, he knows the Crusaders. He knows how they work. Surely they must have been prepared for this, you know, physical onslaught, but it, it honestly looked like they... They were a bit lost out there sometimes.
0: Yeah, it did. And I think they got frustrated into making errors. You know, some of the work that the Crusaders were doing defensively by bringing sort of a third defender mm. into the eye line of their first and second receivers, um, there was space. But they just couldn't get it there. And they got frustrated into then shoveling the ball a lot. There were knock-ons. There was lost in contact there were times when players were nearly going backwards. I think I saw Mark Talia go backwards about three or four times to try and find himself some space. Um, But a defender would just chop him down. You know, Bowden Barrett at times was sitting in in the pocket a couple of metres back, but he just felt that he couldn't go to a player outside him because all he could see was red and black defenders. Uh, So, yeah, they didn't help themselves in that regard. They must have knew that defensive pressure was coming. Um, Like Leon would have known that, and he knows the way they defend to a degree. Uh, but equally, you know, talking to him and chatting to him on Sky Sport after the game, he was pretty honest. And yeah. what I got out of it, and that was his opening uh, see, uh, question that he got was what happened out there. Uh, he said, we knew they would bring what they brought to us. Yeah, We knew that we needed to have good body height at the breakdowns. We needed to be physical. We needed to move their players. Um, we needed to play with tempo and physicality. And he kept saying, but we didn't, and we didn't, and we didn't. So, you know, my my summary of it is, yes, they were prepared. Yes, mm. he did know what was going to come. But the players on the night just didn't adjust, and, and the players basically let him down because they didn't cope. They didn't handle it. Everything everything he said was, we everything that they did, we knew we, we were expecting, but mm. we didn't get up for it, yeah. is what he said. We just didn't get up for it. And he said, that's, that's a disappointing thing. We were expecting it, but for some reason, we just didn't get ourselves into the right mental space and we just didn't compete like we thought that we could. And, and he said, I don't know why.
4: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, understandable too. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven is the number to call if you've got anything you want to ask Justin about the weekend semi-finals or indeed the upcoming um, All Black announcement. Please uh, give us a call, or you can, of course, text double three. It hasn't taken long. Uh, Marshy, he's on the phone now. I, I, th- I thought he would call today. It's our, our good friend from Christchurch. It's Graham. Graham. Uh, good afternoon to you, mate.
2: Good Dino. G'day, Justin. How are you both? Good. Yeah, good. Good. Good things. Yeah. I'd- yeah, and no, as Justin knows, I saw him at the game, and yeah, uh, you know, I was there. And I have to say that, you know, I agree 100% with what you said about, you know, that could be our greatest semi-final win, you know, if it mm. leaves semi-finals, you know, mm. as opposed to finals, because, um, you know, a week of adversity, and you know, I was just over them, absolutely over the moon. I mean, that was it was masterclass, and you know, the Blues. You know, I, I expected a, a, a trench warfare dogfight mm. um, like Justin but And probably, yeah. like, you know, And if we get a five-point win, I'll be over the moon. But, you know, um, as, 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 as you said, Justin, um, you know, that forward pack, you know, the guys like Christian Leo Willie and Sione Aveli and Tom Christie's been talked about a bit all season. You know, they... And Cody Taylor, obviously, is playing great rugby. But, you know, they they really... Produced it against you know a very good all, you know all, uh, Blues pack you know who um, on paper were very strong and then the backs Richie Mwanga and Lester and Braden you know they well were just you know were just unbelievable I mean, the tries were <laughs> you know rugby heaven type stuff so you know I mean Leon McDonald yeah I heard his comments and yeah I mean he he was he, well, he wasn't lost for words but he was close to it you know he obviously knew what was going to probably come. But you know, I don't think they expected that degree of intensity. Maybe I don't know, but it was just fantastic.
0: Well, when you were sitting there watching it, Graham, did you were you surprised at at the Blues getting frustrated into making those errors? Like you know, a couple of their, their, I think their first three entries into the Crusaders twenty-two. I think they knocked one on. That one got ripped out by a Crusaders defender. they 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 just didn't look as ruthless as you'd expect them to do, to be with that amount of All Blacks in their pack. Like, it was bizarre watching it unfold like that.
2: Oh, exactly. You know, I mean, yeah, obviously they lost Patrick to the Lutu, but we lost Sam Whitelock. And, you mm. know, people said a few weeks ago, and we lost to the you know, the Chiefs or Hur- Hurricanes, one of those ones that were quite close. So, you know, Sam Whitelock goes off and, you know, because you think, even though he's not the captain... He's such a big part, and Ethan Blackhead hasn't played much. You know, it's really awful that he's out again. But, you know, Mm. you're hoping for them to be back. But then, yeah, then the Blues don't produce it. Yeah, and I think they've probably got weaknesses in their roster, you know, up front. I know Mark Watson, Watto, uh, who we all know. Well, um, you know, he said about the front, not the hookers so much, but the props. And, you know, um, even with the the decimation of the Crusader props, you know, they... um, Ollie Yeager, you know, he hasn't played a lot of rugby this year, but he, you know, he fronted up big time. And obviously to Mikey Williams has just mm. played like, you know, $6 million man, really. He's just unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> oh. um, isn't he, Dean? you coming. Yeah, yeah. No, you.
4: absolutely right, Graham. Hey, look, we've got a stacked show today, my friend. Yeah, so yep, yep. thank you so much for your call, pal. Much appreciated.
2: No, you have a good, do- good day both. Yeah. You, Thanks, mate. You right, too. See Bye. Cheers. Yep, yep.
4: Graham. there you go. His thoughts, as always, pretty accurate on, on the mark, as always, Marshy. We've had a couple of texts here yep. too. One from Andy. Andy's saying, that was some of the best attacking rugby I've seen in a long time. Absolute champagne rugby. You, you, you couldn't disagree with that, could you?
0: No, no, I couldn't. A- and look, you, you have to applaud the coaching staff. And we're not just talking Scott Robertson, because mm. he, yeah, yeah, he's the general, but he has really good lieutenants underneath him. Yep. And, you know, they all do their work defensively. Um, You know, Tamati and uh, Scott Hanson and those guys, they're, they're all involved. And you have to look at the complete package that they produce. And, and you know, their, their, some of their um, innovations that they brought in, the way they use Flying Anuku, but... You know, equally the the way that they allowed Richie Onger to drift a bit more. Mm. You know, he he was actually a little bit deeper. And when he was getting the ball, he was getting it quite lateral. And I think only one stage, and I mentioned it in the commentary, did they get that they manage to pick him off? And I think it was Ricky Telly that got him. Wow. But the rest of the time, because everybody else was doing their roles so good, and this is back to the text um, message on the attack. Mm. Everyone else was fulfilling their roles. The decoy runners were doing their job. Everybody was a threat. When Mo'onga got the ball and was taking that lateral run to find the likes of Enor and Will Jordan and, and Co in space, mm. um, it was because of execution perfection. And the, and the coaches have to get massive credit for that. You know, yes, the leadership group and the Crusaders, which is their their drivers, you yeah. know, Mitchell Drummonds and Mo'onga himself and Co, will have an influence, but equally the, the coaches have a lot to do with putting a game plan together, so you just have to, that, that's the unity, that's the culture of that team, and that's why it works so well.
4: Yeah, it showed through the year, and you mentioned the execution, it certainly was fantastic. Another text has come in here, Marshy. it's from uh, Brad. Uh, Brad says, is there any way Caleb Clark can realistically even be considered in the All Black squad with, All Black squad with the likes of Lester and Talia available? That's from Brad, Marshy. what do you reckon?
0: Well, he's got a lot of competition, hasn't he, now for his spot. Mm. And his massive plus that he has is he's been in the system before. Mm. Um, he's been under Ian Foster. Who knows what he can get out of Caleb Clark. Mm. So, you know, that, that that is an advantage over others that haven't been there. Um, Talia obviously went on the end-of-year tour last year and Whayanuku had a little bit of a look um, last year as well. Mm. Uh, but, you know, he hasn't played a, a huge amount of rugby this year. Um, he's had... Um, a couple of injuries he's been carrying. Mm. Uh, And, like, to be fair, at the weekend, um, Rico Iwani and Caleb Clark, the Crusaders did a number on them. They they, they really did, at times, defensively, make them have to make decisions, and a lot of times they didn't make the right ones, Mm. um, which is a concern. You know, like, good sides like Ireland, who have really good midfielders, um, good wingers, who throw uh, situations at you. Defensively, you need your... Your unity as a centre and a wing, mm. uh, and I'm sure that the All Black selectors and coach, uh, and Scott McLeod, who's the defensive coach, would have been looking at Rico and Caleb together. And from what he, if he saw what I saw, it would make me really nervous, and yeah. that won't help Caleb Clark's, um, you know, opportunity to be selected because mm. in a big, big game, you know, that's when you need your unity. That's when you need to be together. You need to have good partnerships. And you, need to, and you need to be solid, and that was certainly not the case at the weekend.
4: Yeah, you're absolutely right, Marshy. Hey, we'll take one more text before we get to the break. This is from Anthony Marshy. He says, hi, guys. It's all at the breakdown. Numbers at every second defensive ruck attack. It's the numbers uh, that get you to a turnover, a penalty. Hope the ABs do that as well from Anthony.
0: Oh, I absolutely agree. It was very evident that the Crusaders targeted that area. And as Leon McDonald said, he said we knew that they would. But um, like Andy said, like that's the key. If, you, if you've if you got a good breakdown, you can get good uh, ruck speed.
5: Mm. Uh,
0: no opposition um, has the ability to then come forward to you defensively. They're on their heels. And the Crusaders uh, made such a, a good job of not only cleaning their own ball, but disrupting the Blues ball at the weekend, that it was a huge part of the game that mm. the Blues dropped the ball on, excuse the pun, big time. And, you know, that that was a, a, a massive part of the game that enabled the Crusaders machine to function the way it did and the Blues machine to not function at all. And if you re-watch the game, if you can ever be bothered or look at the highlights, <laughs> always look at the, the second-arriving player and if you look at if you went through each breakdown and looked at the second arriving player after the tackler and Mm. and to a degree the third but most often the second the crusaders were 80 percent better than the blues with with that second arriving player making good decisions getting back to his feet attacking the ball or when they had the ball he was removing the threat whereas the blues did not do that and so the Crusaders' threat disrupted their flow and slowed their ball down.
4: Yeah, absolutely right. Great question, Andy. Uh, keep coming in, folks. 0800-150-811 is the number to call if you want to ask uh, Justin a question, or you can indeed text us on 8833. We're going to take a, a quick break now, but after that we'll be talking with uh, your mate, um, actually, Tony Johnson will be joining us for his thoughts on the semifinals. Welcome back into the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run. 28 minutes past 12 here. Dean Butler with you up until 2 o'clock, as is Justin Marshall. And, Marshy, we're joined now, um, of course, by our good mate, uh, Tony Johnson. TJ on the line. TJ, how are you, pal?
5: Hey, fellas. Dino, how are you, mate?
4: Yeah, good. Thank you, mate. Hey, look, let's start. Let's get into it, uh, TJ. Last night you were there. You called it um, Chiefs versus Brumbies. Your thoughts on that game, mate, because that was a close one.
5: Well, it was kind of the polar opposite of what we saw on Friday night. You know, we saw a game that a phenomenal performance by the Crusaders made it a one-sided game last night. It was in the balance until right at the end. You always felt that the Chiefs had the edge, that they had the capability to to strike the blow. It kind of reminded me of almost one of those great uh, heavyweight boxing clashes that (laughs) we saw in the 1970s when you had the likes of Foreman and Frazier and Ali and Ken Norton. They were landing heavy blows but no they couldn't knock each other out so I, I thought it was a terrific game of a completely different complexion and i know that uh, you know use to use one of marshy's um terms if i'm allowed uh, you know we like super rugby's always been about the razzle dazzle but uh, to me it was great that we, we there's still room for a match like that which was almost kind of like a beautiful version of trench warfare <laughs>
4: Yeah, you're absolutely right, um, TJ. I was the same as you. I was watching that game. It's going right down uh, to the wire, as close as. But many names, many players from either side. But one thing I noticed too, and Marshy's probably reminded me a little bit of him, but maybe not as much. But Nick White, boy, is he the lippiest player in rugby at the moment?
5: Yeah, they, they kind of went went about winding him up. And I, I at one stage, I was I actually said, what's he doing? Well, then the replay showed that um, I think it was uh He Just give him a little. Tough round the ears, and so they were definitely trying to wind up. But you almost, Marshall, I think you take, you take that almost as a sign of respect, isn't it? They realise how important he is to the game, so anything they can do to, to throw him off his stride, um, you, you
0: try and get away with it. And I think Brody Retallick was uh, having a lot of fun in that regard, too. Yeah, he certainly was, TJ, and uh, thank you so much for joining us on a Sunday uh, after working last night. Really appreciate it. As always, um, yeah, that's that's par for the course with a nine. Usually it's you being able to unsettle others, but um, <laughs> Nick, Nick White seems to, uh, when he gets thrown a hook, he seems to bite at it every time. Um, yeah, good summary of that game. I, I totally agree with you. It was fascinating to watch. Uh, you kind of always felt that it was inevitable that eventually the Chiefs would get there, particularly when the Brumbies um, gave away so many opportunities um, inside the Chiefs' zone. Uh, by coughing the ball up or turning it over, that the Chiefs were finally going to wear them down, which eventually happened. But um, I wouldn't mind just digressing quickly onto the the Blues-Crusaders game, because you've called a lot of the Blues games this year. Um, what what happened? What, what do you think happened? Well, to me, um,
5: I, I suppose I'm a bit of a glass-half-full guy, and, and to me what happened was something we've seen so often in the past, and you've been part of it, mate, um, in fact, at one stage, I started thinking back, it was a 2002 in a certain match against the Waratahs. Like the score was never going to be that big, but to all intents and purposes, mm. the, the, the domination was. Um, the, the, the Crusaders always, uh, in their great seasons, they pick a moment to to just make this definitive statement, OK, we've gone into championship mode, and and that's what happened on Friday night. I just thought the intensity, the velocity of their game but none of that's any good unless you're accurate, because you can't sustain it unless you're accurate, and mm. they had that. And and the Blues just had no way of dealing with it. Uh, they completely, their, their whole defensive system went off the rails. Guys mm. were making really poor decisions on defense, biting in, uh, rushing up, whatever it was, mm. uh, because they were just completely bamboozled. And, and I, I just thought it was an absolutely phenomenal performance by the Crusaders, and they just put the blues through the mincer. It was a very disappointing way to end the season for them and for Leon McDonald to um, I guess end his tenure with the Blues in which they've, they've threatened but haven't quite been able to take that final step. but to me it was just it was just all down to the way the Crusaders went about their business and you could tell just the reaction of the players, Flying andnuckle, for example, mm. the way you know the, the, the way he you know just celebrated every single moment. Um, but also the looks of glee, satisfaction, or you know that that sort of stony-faced satisfaction that you saw on the face of Scott Hansen, that they were well up for that game, that everything that they'd planned for came off.
0: The only thing that worries me about it, and great summary, and you're bang on, is how do you reach that level of perfection and intensity, you know, two weeks on the bounce? I'm sure the Crusaders will find a way, but it was such a complete performance. Conversely, like the Chiefs have had two pretty tough weeks, and they haven't been as f- the fluid team that we saw, mm. particularly sort of start of the season, and then they had a little fluctuation, and then they came right again. Who do you think's in a better space right now leading into this final?
5: Well, I think it's going to come down to whoever can best replicate what they were able to do at the weekend. Um, you know we know what threats that the Chiefs have on attack They they didn't get the ch- the conditions obviously uh, dictated to that, but but also, yeah, you know, you've got to credit the Brumbies. They're just such an obdurate side. They they just stuck in and 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 made their tackles and what have you. Um, but yeah, whoever bounces back, I suppose the one thing the Crusaders have got in their favour is that they they do get an extra day. But I did wonder that uh, on Friday night, thinking, gosh, you know, can they replicate that? And I, look, I think they can. And and you know. I, mean, I mentioned him before and we love seeing, you know, the fact that Will Jordan's back in form and how mm. good Richie Moonga was just purring away behind that pack. But to me, the two guys that really set the benchmark, that really led the way, um, were Scott Barrett and Cody Taylor. And mm. you think about all the, the, the experience and the power that they are missing at the moment with, you know, the likes of Moody and Whitelock and Blackadder, not on the side. I, I just thought it was Admirable the way those two guys stepped up and led the way, and and they'll have to do that again, I'm sure when they get to Hamilton because this time, but this time standing in the way are going to be like uh, the likes of Sam Kane, Brody McRatalik, and I'd probably chuck um, Jacobson into that mix as well. I thought he had a tremendous game last night, and and to me that's the fascinating thing about it, and it's just it to me, it, yeah, as I say to repeat myself, it just comes back to who's best able. To, to, to amp up and, and reach the level that they achieved in, in, the, in, in the areas that won them the game, that, um, in the semi-final, who can replicate that in the final? Wins.
0: Got an All Black team coming out today, TJ. And off the back of those comments, look, I, I don't feel there's any way that anybody at this late stage could could play their way out of the squad. Um, you know, they might have been debating over a couple of positions, and you being. The very, uh, very good, sort of uh, uh, finger on the pulse type guy um, might might be able to have uh, a bit of a input into what zones they might might have been. I'm not sure. I don't know. But um, <laughs> yeah. So so basically, think, well, you could you could play your way out of the maybe play your way out of the starting 15, but not out of the squad. But do you, is it concerning, particularly in that Blues game, the pressure mm. that some likely All Blacks that are going to be named today got exposed.
5: Yeah, I think so. Um, and look, you know, Mark Tillier has been absolutely fantastic this year. Uh,
0: mm. And and
5: look, he, he absolutely will deserve to be in the team. But mm. I think they would have seen him as being one of the guys who kind of just lost the plot a little bit on defence. That he, I, 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 you know, he was one of the guys who was biting in or flying. I think their whole defensive structure fell apart. But it kind of exposed, yeah. that's just something that they can work on, I, I'm sure. But I think there are probably a couple of guys in there who might be in for an anxious day. I mean, when you've got um, a kind of a glut of um, really good sort of fullback stroke winger players, plus you've got three, the, the three first fives who can all play fullback, you know, the makeup of the back three squad is going to be very interesting to me. I think a guy like Caleb Clark would probably be one of the guys who is in for an anxious day. Um because yeah. the other guys, you know, I, mm-hmm. I mean, less defining. Look, you know, and and that's the great thing about we're just to to go off into a bit of a tangent here. Great thing about Ian Foster's position, having been, I think, not treated particularly well this year, um, but at least he knows that he doesn't have to worry about next year. He can just pick the guys, um, you know, to to win the World Cup. Next year is just not part of his job description now. Um, so that that could come into... But the other guy who... The, the other interesting one to me is obviously they'll pick some extra front rowers. They might pick as many as six props. I don't know, you know, and include Joe Moody uh, with a view to him getting fit for later on in the campaign, something like that. But if, if Tyrell Lomax is our best tight head, would you, and I don't know, would you agree with that now, Marshy?
0: Not necessarily, no. No, okay. Um
5: you know, to me, he he he's down and but he, he's definitely inked into the squad. Yeah, who's your, who's the other tight head? Because I know that Lalala has long been regarded as the best scrummaging tighthead prop, but has Tamaiti Williams improved his set piece play so much, and to be part of a of an excellent Crusaders scrum, and they they can't be an excellent. Um, Crusader scrum, unless he's doing his job, what he gives them around the field as well, you know, what, does that come into it as well? You
0: know, does does that yes. become part of the equation? Yeah, it does, and 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 I think he 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 could quite convincingly be, well, not convincingly, but could be the best tight end in the country because yeah. Crusader scrum hasn't suffered all year, whichever side of the scrum he mm. plays on, and he's got the All Black hooker alongside him as well. Yeah, if
5: he can play both sides and that that's
0: uh you know, that I, I don't know, I just
5: that that's gonna be interesting to me. I think they'll probably with a thirty six player squad, they'll probably find a way to include multiple players in, in that role. Um but as I say, he, he, he strikes me as a guy who could probably, you know, play um both sides, but I think he's a very good tight head prop. And uh to to me that that's gonna be an interesting selection. Of course the other one is, is the back three. Um and, and and I know i you you obviously you've got Jordan in there, I think Sean Stevenson absolutely deserves to come into the team. Uh, I think Mark Talia, even though there were a couple of defensive slip ups so oh, he has improved his defence to me you've got you've got compelling form there and and and, and so you know th- those are guys who to me have
0: through the course of super rugby i i think made a a pretty open and shut case for inclusion. Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? You could even say back four because centre's got to come into the mix. And yeah, um, you know what's what's in Foster's mindset on Rico, we, you know, because he can play pretty well on the wing as well. That that, that fascinates me. Um, I thought Stevenson um, on a night where it was a game that wasn't open, the work he did defensively, but particularly in the air, we need our fullbacks to be good in the air. The way that he Caught a lot of those up and unders, Nick White's box kicks last night in wet conditions, TJ. They would have been really pleased to see that. And equally, I'll I'll get you to comment on that, but equally, it was fascinating for me to see that, you know, uh, McKenzie moved to fullback. Bowden Barrett started to move to fullback. uh, You know, are the All Blacks thinking that way or are they going to select fullbacks in their position, which would be Jordan to a degree will be Geordie Barrett and where they think he plays um and obviously Stevenson
5: yeah um Geordie Barrett's form at at the moment it, to me just looks a little bit out of sorts uh but i i you know class a permanent thing i, I don't think that's a, a long term worry i think you'll you'll come right. I think there's just been a few frustrations there, but I just get the feeling the way uh um they were talking early on in the season that they they maybe see Geordie Barrett more as a midfield back. Uh, At at the outset Uh, Mm. You've got three teams who can all play fullback But you you think back to 2011 And one of the keys to the All Blacks winning uh, In 2011 was what they did With the wings and they put Corey Jane On the wing And and put um, Richard Kahui on the wing Now Richard Kahui has never been a fullback But he's got that skill set Their ability to cope with the high ball And I think when when you think of the the way That teams play, the way that the South Africans You know, heavily reliant on on a a, a kicking game, Uh, the kicking game of the Irish. Uh, You could probably even put DuPont, the French, in there as well. I think the ability to to rotate between fullback and wing, I I think that's an asset. It's not a confusing factor. So uh, I I just think to have the the, the ability to switch between one and the other. McKenzie was another one too, um, Justin, in that game last night. Um, I just thought, uh, you know, he played a pretty measured sort of a game that was required of him. Uh, they kept it yeah. pretty simple. Yeah, there were a few wraparounds and whatever, but he stuck, he stuck to the program, but then was just able to come up with that moment of magic late in the game. And uh, you, you mentioned Stevenson there too. Um, I got the feeling that, that the past leading up to the retellic try the pass that he got when he came into the line after mackenzie made that break the part wasn't quite where it needed to be if the pass had been where it needed to be he, he, he would have scored that try but as it was mm-hmm. he managed to take in a difficult pass keep it going mackenzie somehow ended up with the ball and retellic scores and i, I think it's just little moments like that it, it, it's not a it's not a searing 50 meter break or a you know, sidestepping his way through the middle of the park or anything. It's just those little touches that he can provide a a, a pass or a supporting act. T- to me, he, he is a very good footballer.
4: TJ, um, great analysis is always made. I'll ask you a fan's question here. Are there, and from listening to you boys, it sounds like there's going to be one bolter to Mighty Williams. Is there anyone else going to be named tonight as a bolter, a real bolter, like an outside left fielder?
5: Well, I don't know whether the term even applies anymore. Mm. I mean, you know, you think back to the days, you know, when I'm sort of old enough to remember Graham Thorn being picked out of club rugby to play for the All Blacks. That's a bolter. Mm. Um, <laughs> and, and some odd ones over the, over the years. But, um, no, I mean, put it this way, anyone who comes into the team will, will, will know who they are. Gotcha. Uh, look, there's one name I would chuck into the mix. Okay. And I, I don't know what you think of him, Marshy. I, to me, that the the number six is, is still the great unsolved question mark. You know, that mm. obviously Kano was such a great player in that position, and we haven't really found anyone to replicate that. Uh, we, and we, we've tried a few. Um, obviously, you know, Frizzell's in the mix of so it. Jacobson, although he's been playing at eight, he he could do it. Papa Lee, he could do it. But I, I really, every time I see Penny Fennell play, I like him more and more, what he brings to the game. And I'm just wondering whether if there's going to be a real bolter, whether, it, you know, I don't know. This this stage, maybe not. But at some point, if he keeps going the way he's going, he will be
0: an all back. I'm just not sure whether it's now. Yeah, absolutely. And he, and he does remind you, doesn't he, of the way that Frizzell plays, but just with a slightly different set of, of skills. He plays a bit wider. Um, so he could come into the mix um, still a bit green, but... The talent is is absolutely there, but before we let you go, though, TJ, um, it's going to be fascinating that All Black naming tonight. But equally, there is a Super Rugby final. You'd have to, you'd have to arguably say the best two teams um, over the season are in that final. Uh, you've done again a lot of their commentary both sides, um, but but uh, what what in your mind um, is the team that's going to win that final next weekend in Hamilton? Yeah, this is the dreaded question, really, Marshy. You yeah, Thank You're you, welcome. You,
5: you can, you've, got a, you've still got a very good pass, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> and
4: and you've got 40 seconds to answer it, TJ. Go for it.
5: Oh, good. Well, if I keep waffling, maybe I won't actually have to come up with a bit of an answer. Um, <laughs> look, I just the Crusaders have got it. It's in their DNA, um, but this is a very good chief side, and I just... Guys like Kane and, and Ritalik, I, I look, to be honest, I can't, I can't pick a winner. I, I really can't, and that's the beauty of the game. I, I just think it, it, it's, it's wide open, but if the Crusaders can play anything like the way they did last week, then, yeah, I, I'd probably pick them to win it. But, now nah, I, I wouldn't put a cent on this game, it, it, just either way. And, and, you know, what a great thing. And they are the best two teams, so that's the best part of it.
4: That's sure. Um, hey, much appreciated, TJ. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon, man. Oh, pleasure, guys. The uh, Tony Johnson with his thoughts. We'll be back uh, with more of your thoughts and texts as well after this break. 10 to 1 here on SENZ. Dean Butler with you here on the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run along with Justin Marshall. Marshall, we just had a good chat with uh, TJ. We've got another one coming up with uh, Ethan Nathewa after 1 o'clock. He mentioned Samipeni Finau as a possible bolter. Do you see that as a, a possibility?
0: I just think it depends on the blend of loose forwards that the All Blacks want to go into this rugby championship with. Mm. You know, they they need to make a decision on what the makeup of the back row looks like, uh, their mindset on where Artie Saviour fits into the equation. You know, they've been very resilient in picking him at number eight, uh, and in my mind, when they do that, that that means that you need to pick uh, a big six and seven um, to to make the, the, that physical presence uh, uh, and, and the line-out um, options much more balanced. Uh, so, you know, there's no doubt that Samapini Finau fits into that mix because he's a he's big. He's a big he's, ball runner he's. and he runs tough. And, uh, you know, he's very similar to Shannon Frizzell, though, for me. Uh, you know, of course, they've got their different traits, but, it'll, you know, would you take both of them? Because do you get a balance if you take two players that are pretty much like for like.
4: Well, we shall find out, Marshy. We'll find out more after the break. Five minutes to one here on SENZ. Dean Butler with you, uh, along with Justin Marshall on the Bunning Strait Rugby Run. Marshy, we've had TJ on this hour. In the next hour, we've got an old mate of yours, Issa the who will be joining us from 1 o'clock as well. So that'll be good. We haven't got long in this break, folks. If you've got any texts you want to ask, Ethan or um, Justin, please text them in, double eight uh, double three, Or if indeed you wish to ask, uh, have a chat. Uh, 800 150 11 is the number to call. We'll be back in about four minutes with Issa Nathiwa. One o'clock here on the Bunny Trade Rugby Run. Dean Butler here with you along with Justin Marshall up until two o'clock. If you've got any questions you want to ask Justin, 800 150 is the number to call. You can, of course, text... Double eight, double three, as well, if you've got anything to ask. We'll also we'll be talking with Issa Athiwa as well about anything um, to do with the semifinals and, of course, the upcoming announcement of the All Black squad. 0800 150 811, or you can text double eight, uh, double three. I've got a few texts to get to, but, of course, let's go to your old mate as well, Marshy He joins us on the line. Oh, he doesn't join us on the line now. He was there, but he's gone. Um, so let's go to a text, Marsh. Here's one for you. It's from Rob. Really enjoy your honest expert analysis, Justin. Ian Foster has the best players in the world to pick from. However, blind loyalty that's seen the once mighty All Blacks lose to Ireland and Argentina at home will not win the World Cup with the likes of Rico Ioanni or Bowdoin Barrett anywhere near a starting All Black lineup at the Rugby World Cup. A fresh clean out can't come soon enough. That's from Rob. Strong words, Marshy. What do you reckon?
0: Look, I, I, I tend to um, agree about uh, having the courage to pick some players that the rest of the world um, haven't seen. And I think I've been banging that drum all year. And like Rob, I feel that the the All Blacks need to have the ambition uh, at this Rugby World Cup to play, Mm. um, to to change their game plan, which has been well and truly documented that it's been worked out, probably even since the 2019 Rugby World Cup, where consistently we've started to get beaten. Yeah, Um, There hasn't been a massive exodus or change of players uh, since then. Um, the odd one, of course, after World Cup 2019, but that, that's a long time ago now. And, yeah, unfortunately, the nucleus of the squad and the consistency of the players being selected haven't offered us anything different in game plan or attack. Mm. So, you know, you, you you throw some players in there that uh, are in form um, that the rest of the world haven't seen a lot of, it changes the dynamic of the squad and the side. And they can not necessarily have to maybe start a test match um, in their first inclusion in a squad, but it puts pressure on the current players. Uh, and if they still don't perform and things don't change, then those players have to be given an opportunity. You've just got to have them in the squad. And that takes, it t- It does, it takes courage to pick them um, and, and believe in them. And yeah, that hasn't been happening recently. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Another
4: one here from Ken. Uh, along those lines, we've mentioned Caleb Clark this morning. Hi, guys. The thing with Caleb, he's a proven all black, and quite simply, Leicester isn't. And Fozzy & Co., I think, will go with Caleb. Do you think that's what's going to happen there, Marcia? Because that is a big talking point too.
0: Yeah, again, it's, it's, uh, it's about what uh, the selectors and the coaches know. Um, and when, when, when they have the ability to be able to choose a player that they know a lot about, that they've had in the environment, that helps. Uh, but again, you've got to make sure that you're not you're not picking a player um, on where they have been. It's where they are now, mm. and, and when you look at the now, that's that's what you need to base your selections around. It's like there there are cases of players um, that you could go back to in history that you could say, yeah, those players got selected because the coaches knew that they could get the best out of them. Mm-hmm. I think of Frank Bunce, for example, who. And he played good rugby for North Harbour and, and, and that, but you know, he probably wasn't playing well enough. But but in particular Laurie Maines and John Hart knew that they could get the best out of him, so selecting him wasn't a problem for them. Mm. Um if you look at the current group, uh probably Dane Coles fits into that mix. Yep. Um a, a player that hasn't really played any rugby this year. Uh but I would imagine Ian Foster knows exactly what the hit they they would get out of him should they put him in the squad. Mm. Uh but I don't think Caleb Clark fits, fits into that category. He's not seasoned enough. He's not been there enough. So he has to be playing well. And and the argument is, is he playing better than Lester Anuku? Is he playing better than Mark Talia, Sean Stevenson, um, Imoni Narawa? Is he playing yeah. better than those guys at the moment? And, you know, there's plenty of debate about whether that is the case. And that's the thing I think they've got to look at.
4: Good questions, Marshy. Good questions, and thank you for that uh, question too. Um, Ken, oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven is the number to call. You can text double eight double three. We have got uh, a caller on the line, Marshy. It is Mark. He joins us now. Mark, good afternoon to you, mate. Good evening. How are you? Yeah, good. Uh, good Marshy. How, how are you, mate? Hey, Mark. What's your What's your question? You? What's your question, Marky? I had the auntie
3: on Friday night, Marshy. Um, you said to me, you, you're at the game early. And I said, oh, I always go to the game early, Marshy. Hey, um, <laughs> on, what, what would you do? Who, who would you pick at number seven of the Lille Blacks uh, selectors? Would you pick um, Tom Christie? You know, is it about time someone Bill Blacks picked him, Turkin, Tom Christie?
0: Yeah, look, Mark, um, absolutely. It was good bumping into you at the weekend, and you're dressed up to the nines your in your red and black, so... Uh, <laughs> There's no doubt who you were supporting, but <laughs> um, absolutely. Look, I think this is the big debate at the moment, mate. It's about what mindset the All Blacks want to have in terms of, of an open side and, and whether they want to pick a player that will cause disruption at the breakdown. And there's no doubt that Tom Christie's probably the best in the country at that um, at the moment. I do believe that probably one of the best forwards on the park for the Blues at the weekend um, was Dalton Papalei. Uh, you know he had his um, he had some good good runs. Um, he got a couple of really crucial turnovers, uh, and he is a he's a different frame, isn't he? He's mm. bigger, taller, um, and and he probably doesn't um, get as low and, and as quick over the ball as Tom Christie. But he probably fulfils that that type of player to a degree, although not a hundred percent that the All Blacks are looking for. And the other argument is, well, Artie can do that as well but they seem very um, hell-bent on picking him at number eight. But, uh, look, there's no way that you can't say that Tom Christie wouldn't be out of place in an all-black shirt uh, should they go for that type of player, because he's quite clearly um, a point of difference for the Crusaders and to anyone else in the country at the way that he plays.
3: Thank you, Marty. That's fantastic. And um, he's just looking like a, like a Matt Todd, isn't he, or Tom Christie? You know, I not
0: Hopefully, yeah, he, is. he very very yeah. much like Matt Todd and, and very he reminds me a lot of uh, a guy that I had played a lot of rugby with in the seven jersey. And actually, funnily enough, until Razor moved there and we changed the dynamic dynamic of our back row. You know, Razor moved from number eight or blind side to open side, where he made a really yeah. good fist of it and ended up being an all black for it. But before that was Angus Gardner. He was that type mm, of player right. as well. So the red and black seemed to be able to produce them.
4: Hey, yeah. thanks a lot, Marshy and Steena. Thanks yeah, a lot. Cheers, Mark. Go, go the Crusaders next weekend. Go the Crusaders. Yes, I wasn't even going to ask you who you think is going to win. Well done, Mikey Great call, mate. Thank you. If anyone else wants to call them, please. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Mark makes a good point there, actually, Marshy, and it's probably born from the injuries that the Crusaders have had. You know, he mentioned Tom Christie. What about Christian Leo Willie? He he's played well every game. He's fronted as well.
0: Well, look, you know, there's a, there's a guy that you, you that you could have in your squad. Uh, now, when you when you think of the fact that it's whether or not they're going to pick injured players, the All Blacks today, mm. uh, if they're going to pick Ethan Blackadder and and Cullen Grace um, because they know that they will get some Rugby Championship out of them at some stage, then mm. you know maybe he he's a bit far fetched. But if they're not if they're not willing to pick them and then pick them in their Rugby World Cup squad, uh, you know what's the harm in that? Yeah. You know, if you if you're only going to get one game out of those injured players, why not see what else you're able to utilise? You know what you're going to get from Ethan Blackadder and Cullen Grace to a degree. Mm. Um, you know, so why not give uh, Samapini Finau and Christian Leo Willie an opportunity? Uh, maybe even a Tom Christie, because uh, you, you've got you've got to find out. And mm. and the Rugby Championships probably a better time to find out than the <laughs> Rugby World Cup. Um, so uh, yeah, look, um, I, I certainly felt that he's been probably one of their most important players, given mm. the injuries I've had in their back row. He's just super consistent. He runs hard. He plays hard. He's explosive. He tackles like a demon. Yeah. He hits breakdowns. Um, You know, you, you wouldn't... Look, I I wouldn't be disappointed if he was in the conversations. Mm. And, and I thought his combination with uh, Sione, Havili, Talitui at the weekend, I thought those two guys, and then you could throw Christy into the mix. That loose forward trio was outstanding. At the start of the year, mate, Mm. I guarantee you when they went into that preseason training in late or mid December and into January after the break, and you looked at that loose forward mix that the Crusaders have, mm. Christian Leo Willie and Sioni havili Tully I'll give you the tip, would have been happy to get three or four games it's, max
3: yeah.
0: and, and probably quite quite a bit of time off the bench would have would have been what they are thinking. Yeah. And this this the, you know, obviously the latter, um, Christian Leo Willie, um, because Haveli Tali was injured for a bit, uh, you know, he wouldn't have dreamed to get the game time he's got. And man, has he thrived.
4: Oh, but yeah, you're 100% correct there, mate. And you're right, they would not have expected to get this many games. Uh, we have got a few yeah. calls lined up, actually, Marshy. First one in the gun is uh, Dean from Dunedin. How you doing, Dean? You, what's your question for Marshy?
6: Oh, I'm can the Crusaders just go to the World Cup? You know, because <laughs> <know>, <laughs> is that outrageous? Like, who, I mean, I, I would. <laughs> I had a bit of money invested as you do at the start of it on who you think is going to be in the final. I had the, had the same money invested last year and the referee mucked it up on half on full time. He should have given the Chiefs a penalty to go down the other side of the draw, but he didn't. But it worked out this year, thank God. But for me, it wasn't... The way they play is just... It's almost expected, but they hadn't had an 80 minutes like that until Friday. And the bit that really stood out for me, and this is what... I don't understand these people that don't like Razor Robinson. Like they, they, and these are rugby people. I, I can't figure it out because he has the ability to turn people, that, those names you've just mentioned, he knew they were ready. Otherwise, he's putting needles into Black Adder and Bloody White Whitelock to get through <laughs> that game. But he didn't need to. So they, honestly, they could, you could just, how can the Blues, I mean, they're going to get a couple of All Blacks, aren't they? But really, They had 14 under Grant Fox selecting them. It was ridiculous. And they just don't play like you want an all-black jersey to play. Whereas the Crusaders do, week after week, month after month, year after year. It'll be five more years before the Blues beat them now. Look at the depth I've got now. We've got names that you just mentioned. You're dead right. A couple of games, they'll be over the moon. They're just happy to be in that environment, Mm -hmm. and they'll be an all-black one day, barring injury you know, send the locks. Just send them. And the coach. Just just make it easy. Make it good to watch. If nothing else, please make it good to watch.
0: Yeah, Dean, look, you're right. And, you know, what what you want is when you have big games, um, you, you want your players to bring the intensity, the ruthlessness, to be able to go out there and be at their very best individually, but also cohesive as a unit. So, in their mini units, and their partnerships, and then collectively as a team. And when I look at the weekend, the, the number that uh, Christian Leo Willie, Tom Christie, and uh, Sioni Haveli Talitui as a loose forward unit did on our current all black back row to a degree of Satutu, Akira Ioane, and Dalton Papali'i is incredible because you're talking about basically guys that haven't been in a black shirt who went out there. And as a unit, just lifted to a level that you would expect of a test player. And their test players didn't. And it's that's the thing that worries me. Like, those guys, if they want to be All Blacks in a game like that, they need to front. And they got completely outplayed.
6: Absolutely, they did. And it's called quarterfinal coming home or going to a semi final. You can't turn yeah. that around, Justin. You know it. You've been there. They just don't want it bad enough. They're spoiled. Mm. I don't... You can word it however you like, but those Crusaders buggers, and like they're, they're all over New Zealand. Like, the Crusaders isn't Christchurch. Those boys come from all over the place, but they just know where to find them. Like, they were there when Leo Willie played number eight for the Highlanders' development, beat the Crusaders' development. A week later, he's on a bus to Christchurch, and he's a dentist. <laughs> like, he takes a lot of <laughs> boxes there, <boys>. Unbelievable. I <laughs> went well, we watched him at Christchurch, and he stood out there.
4: Oh, Dean, that's okay. Hey, Dean, thank you so much for your call, mate. Much appreciated. We've got a few to get through. And, wow, well, you can't – it doesn't hurt to have a dentist on the side, that's for sure. Let's go to uh, Murray. Murray, thanks for holding, mate. What's your question for uh, Justin? Oh, no problem. Uh, Justin, look, we've got
3: three very good likes. You've got Rotelic, White Lock, and Barrett. Um, and what this mucking around with Barrett at six? When, when do you see that?
0: Yeah, good question, mate. And, and that's valid, Murray, because – I'll give you the tip, Uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, after the uh, Crusaders-Hurricanes game, I happened to bump into Ian Foster in the bar, um, and it wasn't just me, it was just a group of us from Sky uh, having a beer, and anyway he sort of had a smirk on his face and he said, how's it going lads, you you got any tips for us, and obviously we spoke about the loose forwards, I gave him a a bit of a tip that I thought there's a pretty good nine playing out there in a yellow jersey that night. which he kind of sort of looked at me, but didn't really give me an indication. But the one thing he did say was uh, how much he liked Scott Barrett at six. He said, you know, when when he played against Ireland at six, he bought the physicality. Um, he just bought something that we, we don't have in that jersey that, you know, so I was quite like, oh, right. OK, hmm. So, you know, maybe that's his thought process, Murray. Oh, thank you.
3: Yeah, because we do have, uh, you know, several good sixes in the country. So, yeah. It's, yeah it's a diff, a him, isn't
0: it? well it is but man like you know when you think of the locking situation you know um it's like the way that barrett played at the weekend i thought he, he was simply outstanding and man, he he put some big shoulders on at times when he needed to he he cleaned some rucks and uh obviously he's, he's good around the park uh and again, it's just about that balance, isn't it? It's like, are we? This is my question, Murray. This is what I want to throw out there to people: is are we going to, again, put a player in the in the starting team out of his normal position oh, simply because we feel that we need to fit him in?
3: Well, it hasn't worked in the past for Marcy.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no! Good stuff, Murray. Hey, thank you so much for your call today, mate. Much appreciated. All right. Oh, that's brilliant. You're absolutely right. That that certainly touches a nerve with a lot of people as well, marshy playing players out of position, especially in big games. Look, the phones are running hot. We've got another one here as well, uh, Justin. It is uh, Finn from uh, Wakatane. Finn, good afternoon to you, mate. And uh, what's your question for Justin?
3: Yeah, good afternoon. And good afternoon, Justin. Hey, look, I've I've got some real concerns over Boat and Barrett and that, um, you know, for the Blues and the All Blacks, he hasn't been able to Control a game or change a game for a couple of seasons now, and he, you know, he's not playing behind a terrible forward pack. He's Mm. for the Blues or the All Blacks. Um, Yeah, I've just got some real concerns. I can't even find a place for him in the 23. The squad, of course, but when you've got McKenzie and Mwanga and, and that, I just can't find a place for him in the 23. When you've got Fullbacks and wings covered as well. Um, yeah, real concerns over him.
0: Yeah, Finn, and I think that's that's valid. It's been um, heavily debated, hasn't it, all, all season, about um, how Bowden's going to fit into this mix. Uh, you know, he, he's been and could still be a world class player. I, I guess the hard thing for me is say we get to a, a Rugby World Cup quarter final, um, which they say is highly likely going to be against South Africa. Uh, and Richie Moonga goes down. Um, do do we have the faith and trust in Damien McKenzie? Has he played enough big international rugby? Has he been on the big stage enough that he's the guy that you would trust to slot in in that 10 jersey and get the job done for us in a quarter final? That that's kind of what, what what I need to ask myself. You know, is that trust there? Should we lose that that guy that we've relied on the whole tournament? Think about. Two thousand and eleven, was it, where we lost um all of our tens. <laughs> I mean, we ended up with Beaver. <laughs> so, but you know, like what what do you think, Finn? Would you would you be comfortable well, with say right I can't fit Bowden into the twenty three, but I'm happy that Damien McKenzie takes that jersey.
3: Yeah, I would be happy for Damien to take that jersey and I'll I'll leave you on this point. Um for me uh watching a lot of rugby not not obviously bloody how you run across a paddock to me Bowdoin barrett isn't dan carter I'd we took a broken dan carter to the world cup and he and he came good because i just think dc is a completely different level um and i'd 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 take that chance but i just couldn't take that chance with um Barrett the, over the last couple of seasons.
4: Nah, good call, Finn. Uh, thank you so much for that, mate. Much appreciated. Uh, if anyone's got any other calls, please let us know. 0800 150 811 or text 8833. We'll take a quick break now. We'll be back after that with more of your calls. 24 past one here on the Bunnies Trade Rugby Run. Keep your calls coming in, folks. 0800 if you want to speak to Justin. If you have any questions, about the semi-finals, about the big All Black announcement being made um, tonight. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven, or text double eight double uh, three. Marsha, I've got a question for you, mate. You know how we're having the announcement tonight of the the thirty six. Is that is that the end? Is that just for the Rugby Championship, or is that for the Rugby Championship and the World Cup? Can anyone still get into this squad after this naming tonight?
0: It's just for the Rugby Championship, okay. uh, Dino. So yeah. uh, they, they, they are naming and are allowed to name 36 players. Right. Uh, so, And then equally, um, I don't know if they're naming it tonight, but they, they also have this um, New Zealand A side, I think they are called, mm-hmm. uh, that are going to be playing uh, two tests against Japan. Well, not tests, two games against Japan. Um, so you would think that, with 36 going into the All Blacks and and then another, I don't know, 28 or 6 or something like that, uh, heading away to Japan with that squad. Mm. Jeez, you're, you're not far away with, from most starting teams <laughs> in Super Rugby, to be fair, But, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's it's quite a lot of players. Um, so, yeah, they, they, then they are, are able to, after the Rugby Championship, that's when they are able to name a Rugby World Cup squad. So... That's what I was saying about carrying inj- injured players. You know, at the end of the day, mm. if Sam Whitelock is not great and is carrying a, a niggly injury, why would you involve him in the rugby championship? Why yeah. would you just not take another another lock mm. and you know that Sam Whitelock's going to front? Absolutely, regardless. yeah. And and does he really need the game time? Probably not. Um, And work on the fact that you can work the combination of Barrett and Ritalic, who have played nowhere near as much together mm. uh, in the middle row, and and just give Sam White the chance to freshen up because he's just going to deliver. He doesn't need game time to put his performances in. Um, so, yeah, that that's what they have the ability to do because the Rugby Championship squad doesn't have to look anything like the Rugby World Cup squad that they then get to name, which is not it might not quite be 36 players, but I'm not 100. Uh, percent on that but I, I will throw something out there yeah. um, I don't know whether they have to or it's part of a uh, criteria for all of the rugby championships te- teams to to make uh do their naming uh this evening mm. but I, again I, I if they didn't have to I question the timing uh oh okay because we well when you look at the Chiefs we've got a super rugby final where you you've got you know, um, 50 players, I guess. True. Um, to a degree that will probably be in conversations, quite a lot of them, about being All Blacks. And should they not get named, pretty tough week. Yeah. Um, when, when you're trying to get yourself up for a final, yeah, it might fuel your motivation, but at the end of the day, you know you're not going to be an All Black um, and haven't mm. been selected. And, yeah, I just wonder whether or not they needed to do it, leading it up to such a massive game. And all of a sudden... I guess the chat's going to be from this evening for a few days about the All Blacks and who's in and who, is, who isn't in. And, and you're kind of, you're taking a little bit of the gloss off the final. Yeah, absolutely. And also, like, I'm just thinking about it as a player mm. uh, and, and now former player, obviously. But if I was, uh, you know, playing well and in the mix and had this opportunity to be, uh, in the All Blacks and then the team gets named tonight and I'm playing in a final at the weekend and my name's not read out, it's going to—it's going to take you take a bit of a a bit of a blow. It'll take mm. you a couple of days to—I don't know—probably you know—not not regain your confidence, but it, it would be bloody disappointing news, and and I just wonder whether or not they had the ability to to time it differently, but maybe they didn't.
4: Well, no, you made a good point, Marcia. I didn't even think about that, mate. I mean, the NZRU, you—they're not exactly a masters of admin and getting their timing right. How hard <laughs> would it have been to do it next Sunday? You know, after the final, mm-hmm. you're, you're so right because there will be players who will miss out tonight, playing in that final next weekend. And yeah, it's yeah. and also, as you say, it takes a bit of the um, uh, the focus off the the Super Rugby final, which th- this whole week should be about. Yeah.
0: You know, yeah. I guess I I guess the only thing that I can think of uh, is that In Foster will get. Uh, those players that he names tonight available for this week to go into a training camp possibly. Okay. Uh, That's all I can think of is the fact that, you know, he gets an extra week with uh, a lot of the players that are not involved in the final to start, you know, getting them together or whatever. But Mm. um, you you could do that without naming your all black rugby championship squad. You could just get a group of players together um, that are in the mix, you know, and then, and then, and then name your side. But, I don't know. I, 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 look, there, there'll be a good reason behind it, I'm sure, or maybe there won't be, which would be bloody disappointing. You've got to have a, you got to have a good reason. But um, I, I just know I'm just all I've got here is my boots on again, mm. and knowing what it would be like for a player that, you know, say uh, Sean Stevenson, for example, yeah. that everyone's been talking about. And he doesn't get named, you know like mm. it would take that would be like you know you know she's i feel like i've done nothing wrong you mm. know unless i find Anuku, and he doesn't get names yeah you know that, that, that that's that, that that's as a player that's not easy to hear that news and then refocus really quickly
4: mm. Yeah, and then also then this week, as you know, you know what's going to happen this week on Senz. It's all going to be about the players who have missed out, the players who yep. have got and who shouldn't have got in, in in the public opinion. You know, which yep. takes which takes all that air oxygen away from the build up to the final.
0: Well, it does, and equally, you know, usually there's this ability to to go out there and still prove a point. But yeah, once the sides named and the 36 players are out there, it doesn't matter whether you are man of the match on Saturday night in Hamilton or not, mm. if you've not been named, you're not going to be named. Mm. And, and and that's just the reality of it. So, yeah, I, I feel like I, I've been involved before where with, with, I've done that way back in the past. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, whilst you were still playing, you're still in the finals, uh, you know, you feel that, you're, you're, that your gloss has been taken off it because ultimately it's what you work towards. And a lot of the media te- attention is to a degree mm. focused on yep. the all blacks when it should be totally focused on the final. Yeah. Smacking um, into matchups that they've got. And, yeah. wow, we've got Damian McKenzie up against Richie Moonga. You yeah. know, could this be for an all black spot? Blah blah blah. You know, it just I don't know. It, 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 <laughs> No, I, probably if they did have a, if they didn't have a reason they'll find one. <laughs> <laughs>
4: God, yeah. so, I'm kind of leaning to the I'm don't have a reason camp. Yeah. Um, yeah, keep your calls coming in, folks. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. If you want to ask Justin anything about the semis on the weekend or the upcoming final or indeed the All Black announcements tonight, uh, I'll keep your texts coming to double eight double three. Marshy, I want to ask you one about the uh, Crusaders um, against the Blues the other night. To me, it, and I read a bit in the paper today. It was like you know, the the article said like before the game. The, the blues are all in the change room, but they're kind of a bit scattered out. Whereas when they cut to the the Crusaders' change room, they're all in a big circle, just like a, like a one, like a, a combined unit. And it's like when I watched the game, to me, it sums up with that pass that in or through to to Jordan. He didn't even look; he just had to know mm. and trust that he was going to be there. And bang, mm. he was there.
0: Yeah, now they they just came together so well as a unit, didn't they? The Crusaders, like in terms of the. When I say unit, people goes, what does that word um, mean? Mm. It's like you have these little mini units in the team, you know, um, and the, and that's, you know, your, your halves, your, your nine and your ten, and then your, your, your centre combos, your loose forward trio, whatever it might be. So a, as combinations, they just came together so well. Everybody knew the game plan. Um, everybody knew where they wanted to attack the Blues and how they were going to go about it. Mm. Um, like I said, it, you know, the... The key, the key to rugby that I that that you um, eventually get your head around and learn, you know, the further into the game you go, uh, is you you always have to be a threat of receiving the ball when you when you're an attacker. Mm. Um, if if you are being so, for example, being uh, you are actually a decoy runner, but you don't run with the purpose that you're actually going to receive the ball. You don't run the line as hard as what you would run it if you are not going to receive the ball. Then the person that is going to receive the ball is compromised because the defender is just going to not consider you. Mm. You could just see, like, when Leicester Anuku went through, that the, the line that Jack Goodhue ran, ran created the opportunity because he ran so hard like he was going to just get a little short pass and then it went behind him. Mm. Boom! You know, sucked into defenders. So, yeah, back to your point everybody functioned within their mini units really well. And then the team itself, all were on the same page. Mm. And, you know, I, I looked at the blues changing room. Uh, we got footage and I don't know if it shows all of the footage, uh, during our halftime at sky, but, it showed Leon McDonald talking, but the looks on the faces of the Blues players mm. that you could see in, on the far side of the circle because you couldn't see the other faces because their backs were to the camera. Yeah. they Their eyes were wide open and no one was really, uh, you know, they weren't grabbing each other and pulling each other in mm. and they were just standing there with their eyes wide open and listening to what he was saying and no doubt he was ranting. Yeah. He wouldn't have been happy. <laughs> I wouldn't have been happy. I wouldn't <laughs> have been kicking tears in that yeah. changing room. Yeah. But the players didn't have the body language of, right, we've got to get up, we've got to get up, we, we can get this back. They didn't have that look on their face. And uh, you certainly can't argue that the uh, Crusaders didn't because, man, they were up for it.
4: Yeah, they sure were. And that's that's great observations too, Justin. Hey, keep your calls coming in, folks. 0800 150 811 or text 8833. I've got about four texts from Dino to get through, Justin, after the break. Uh, we'll take a quick break now. We'll be back after this. One thirty-eight here on SENZ, Dean Butler with you on the Bunny's Trade Rugby run today with Justin Marshall. Please keep your calls coming in, folks. 0800-1508-11 is the number to call, 0800-1508-11. If there's anything you want to ask Justin about the semifinals uh, on the weekend or the upcoming All Blacks announcement tonight or anything to do with the rugby at all, he's more than happy to have a chat with you, 0800-1508-11. Or you can, of course, text double eight double three is the number to call on that one, double. Double three. Um, A couple of texts have come in here. Here's one for you, Amashi. Uh, it's, a, it's a common thing. The number nine seems to get subbed off about the 60-minute mark. Are you a fan of this or not?
0: No, I'm more of a fan for getting the feel of the game. Mm. Um, should uh be quite noticeable but that the opposition have been doing quite a lot of defending, bringing... A fresh set of legs on at nine, and just offering something different to the defence is always good mm. uh, because it, it obviously, with them being fatigued, it makes them a have to think, but b have to consider a, a different type of threat. Uh, um, because when you have two players that are, that are different in that regard, um, it, it offers that variation. Uh, but equally, I also feel that um, should the game be quite tight. Mm. Uh, and you've got world-class players that have been around in, in tight games or test matches, whatever it might be, any game, uh, that, that know how to drive a game in that last 20 minutes, then there's no harm in keeping them on. You know, like, for example, uh, Aaron Smith, um, they seem pretty regimented in trying to bring him off in the last sort of 20 to 15 minutes mm. down there at the Highlanders. But, you know, with the greatest respect, Falau Fakatava doesn't have the game management or the experience. Mm. Uh, experience of Aaron Smith and I just wonder why they were doing that at stages so um, I'm not a fan of it being premeditated no Mm.
4: yeah I I agree with you too much I I don't like it I I can understand if they're you know injured or they have to go sure but otherwise I'm more than happy to keep them on as well and sticking uh, with the number nines as well another text here saying Justin the all-black squad has been announced tonight who do you think will be the three halfbacks that they go with
0: yeah, I, I, I've been quite, I guess, vocal in the fact that I, I feel that we need a, a foil to the three incumbents. Um, now that we've lost TJ Perenara, obviously, but in saying that, we don't know the conversations that, that All Black selectors have been having with him, mm. um, and where exactly he is at, and whether he would be right for a for a Rugby World Cup. Um, so, yeah, my, my my mindset is along the lines of we need to have. Uh, Two and one. And, and that that one has to be a a, a Kerbalo, Perenara, uh, Whakataba-style player. Mm. And I think the guy that's been the most consistent in playing the best this year has been Cam Roygaard. So uh, if it was me and I was looking for, from a, from a form perspective mm. uh, and also combinations, you know, Brad Webb has played a lot with Damien McKenzie. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he has also played with Richie Moonga, uh, I would probably go for um, Aaron Smith, Brad Weber, and, and Cam Royguard. Okay. Um, that's just my opinion. Yeah. That's just what I see from that jersey and what I think would be best suited to the All Blacks. Uh, but, you know, again, I wouldn't be disappointed if Finley Christie or Falau Whakitaba got named, but my three are those three. Great
4: call. Well, there you go, folks. Uh, give us a call, 0800-150-811, or text uh, Justin here on double eight double three. Got one here from um, Dean as well. Scott is the next captain at Bloody Lock. Please no more out-of-position selections, Marshy.
0: Yeah, no, I agree, Scott. You know, like, at the end of the day... Um, sorry, who was the text uh, from? Dean. Dean, yeah. Sorry, Dean. Um, about Scott Barrett. Uh, you know, we've we've got to get this mindset that we... We pick players where we're going to get the best out of them, uh, and and where we know their their I guess their function is at its at its ultimate. And you know, my mindset is we've got three world world class locks, mm. and and that's that's a great position to be in. You know, when you you've got White Lock, Retalic, and Scott Barrett, mm. not all three can start. Okay, that's fine, but yeah. you always carry a lock reserve. You yeah. know, and there's no harm in giving guys more time. You know, like we have the ability to move players around um, in the sort of uh, last quarter of the game. But ultimately, you know, what I'm saying is if Sam Whitelock's your starting lock and Scott Barrett starts on the bench, um, you know, yes, that's hard on him because he's playing such great rugby. But you know that you only have Sam Whitelock on for 45 minutes or Brady Ritalic mm. and he still gets 35 minutes or even 40 minutes if you decide to make that shift at half time change the picture again. You've got a guy playing in the right jersey. He brings energy, brings, you know, physicality because he's been sitting there wanting to get on the field and um, they just blow themselves out. You know, they just work so hard over a shorter period of time. I think we've got enough experience there that we don't lose anything. Uh, The the, the point of difference is when you, when you try to do that um, and you take an experienced player off for a youthful one. So, to reverse that situation, you've mm. got Whitelock and Ritalic and you put Josh Lord on the bench. You wouldn't want to be taking Ritalic and um, Whitelock off until maybe the 60 65th minute in a big test because you just, you mm. just can't afford to not have that experience. We've got three experienced locks. Play them in their jersey.
4: Good call. One here from Ken as well. Justin, what about our Blues um, 32nd All Black, Stephen Peterfetta? Will he be selected or moved down to the All Black 15? Though he's missed a bit through injury, of course.
0: He has. Uh, Interestingly, I thought once they introduced Peterfetta at the weekend, uh, the, the game slightly changed a little bit for the Blues. They started finding a little bit better ruck speed because Peter Feta was stepping in as a first receiver. Um, him and Bowden were switching between fullback and, and, uh, first five and, and all of a sudden their attack looked a lot better. Mm. Uh, and, you know, I, I certainly feel that he still has plenty to offer. Uh, you know, the fact that he's probably drifted away from the conversations has been due to injury, but again, he's another player that they know that they can trust and they've, they've had in the system. Um, Thing with Stephen Petafetta is Ian Foster and, and his coaching group didn't help his advancement because they, when, when they had opportunities to maybe to see what they could get out of him, yeah, they literally like put him on for I think it was a minute against Argentina. It's ridiculous. Um, another test match again, he came on for three minutes or something, yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, you can see what he's doing at training, but. You're not going to know enough about a guy until you actually make the decision to to put him out there at either fullback or first five, yep. and give him a good 20, 25 minutes and just see that what you have picked him on in terms of potential, what you've seen at training, it fits what you what you need in that black jersey. Should you require him to start a game um, or play more game time because someone gets injured, you've got you, you won't know until you. You take that leap of faith, and they just didn't do that with him. Yeah. And maybe he's going to suffer as a player because of that, which is a shame because it's not his
4: fault. No, absolutely. Great uh, great text, Ken You Kind of the forgotten man, unfortunately. Um, Justin, you mentioned it before about the, with the All Black announcement being made tonight instead of next week. You've been on these things. How does it work, Justin, when they, uh, would they have called the players already, like last night, or will they call them today? And do they call the ones who are named, and do they call the ones who are missed out as well?
0: Uh, yeah, look, good question, Dino. I'm not entirely sure what the process is now. Mm. Uh, there was a stage uh, when, in my early All Black career um, where you started to get called uh, when you were a part of the side, and it would be unusual uh, if you weren't picked. Mm. Um, I didn't get a call when I got first picked in '95. It was a really? complete thunderbolt. And uh, to be fair, uh, I wasn't really in a lot of conversations um so yeah, I was literally blown off my feet when I saw my name cut read out in that all black team It wow. was an incredible experience and and massively proud but you know hugely shocked mm. in the same breath yeah uh to hear that that, that name of mine come out in that team it was like is it that, that's me <laughs> that's actually me um but, uh, you know, I, I feel that then, um, out of respect, uh, when, when you get players that have been within the side for quite a long time, and I believe it still does happen now, mm. that should those players be uh, missing out, that they they deserve a phone call before hearing it in the media first. Absolutely. Um, so let, let's put that in perspective. I feel that, that, that the team that's going to be named tonight, there will be players that will be new All Blacks that quite possibly haven't been told. Mm. Um. There'll be some that might have been shoulder tapped because they'll need to be for media purposes. Of course. You know, like yeah. at the end of the day, you name an All Blacks team at whatever time it is tonight, seven thirty or seven, I don't know what time it is, but yeah. I know it's this evening on a Sunday night. For the media to go out and try and find new All Blacks <laughs> that have just been named a new... um, on a Sunday night somewhere. Yeah, it's right. just not going to happen, is it? <laughs> so I kind of suspect that the the new All Blacks now do, do possibly get a call today to say, hey, yeah, or probably maybe even last night after the final, or early this morning, so that they they can fulfil some some media obligations uh, because the media will want to chat to New All Blacks. It's as simple as that. You're so right, Marshy Man. You, why
4: not do it on a Monday at midday at least? You can have them on the six o'clock news. You know the most <laughs> yeah. watched show in the country. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll take another quick break. Seem, keep sending your texts and posts. We got a couple of minutes after this break, and we'll run through those with uh, Marshy after that. Seven minutes to two o'clock here on the Bunnies Trade Rugby Run. Marshy, you've got a couple of minutes up our sleeve. Here's a text in from Stephen. Marshy, if we make the World Cup final, who is your starting goal kicker and who is backup?
0: Yeah, well, obviously, you know, when we're thinking about Rugby World Cups, uh, we're thinking about your general um, stepping up and doing the goal kicking. Um mm. You know, the All Blacks have moved around uh, their goal kickers. They've used Bowden, um, they've used Geordie Barrett uh, and Richie Moonga. Um, I certainly feel that Richie Moonga, um, should he be the starting 10, would need to step up. You know, you don't need to go to Geordie, he's competent enough. Mm. Uh, and I thought that goal kicking the other night was really good. Uh, equally, um, you know, should they uh, go for Damien McKenzie as, as a 10 or even as a 15? Um you have that balance of being able to call on somebody um should he start at fifteen that can back up uh Richie Moonga should he be having a day off because Mackenzie's goal kicking in particular last night I thought oh. and all year has been simply outstanding. Um I don't think the all blacks are in a position where they would pick a player just because he can kick goals. Um, but we still want to have somebody that's kicking, you know, eighty percent plus. Uh yeah. and I certainly feel that um, both those players have the ability to do that at a World Cup.
4: There you go. Thank you for that question, Stephen. And finally, Marshall. Marshall, sorry, we've got about a minute left, mate. Uh, let's go. The final Chiefs, mm. Crusaders. How do you see it, mate? And give me a score.
0: Well, look, you know, the, I think the best two teams in the competition um, quite uh, conclusively are in this final. Uh, the Chiefs have beaten the Crusaders twice so far this season. So they they do not have that. Enigma hanging over them of the Crusaders turning up mm. and being this um, immovable force uh, that, that wins finals regardless because uh, they've had the ability to beat them this year uh, on a couple of instances. So that's great for players' confidence. Mm. Uh, it's great for game plan um, because whatever they've done in those two games has got the better of the Crusaders. Uh, so, you know, what it then boils down to is getting up for a final. Um, both teams have won finals in the last decade. Um but the Crusaders more consistency, uh, consistently with their with their uh, run and streak that they've had for the last six years. Mm. Um, look, uh, you know, you try to stay balanced. Uh, oh, I think the Crusaders are going to have to reach the level they le- reached at the weekend to beat this Chiefs side because they're just across the park. They're solid, they're talented, they're hard to beat at home. Um and they're well-coached and well-drilled and well-led. Uh, so I'm going to stick, obviously, with heart. But, you know, I do know that it's going to take a, a monumental effort, even maybe surpassing the one at the weekend, and that's saying something.
4: There you go, folks. Justin Marshall says the Crusaders by 40. Uh, see you next week, Marshy. <laughs> take care, brother.
0: Yes, Dino. <laughs> Thanks for everyone.